0: Fast Forward Productions. The women are speaking. What's up, guys? Welcome back to the One Broke Actress Podcast, an honest account of actor life plus a few lessons I learn in the process. I am your host, Sam Valentine, and I am here with you for Season 9. I cannot believe we are here. It's been uh, a little over a month since our last podcast, and I am, I'm just miss it. Every time we take a break, I miss it. And we're doing a faster turnaround this season than ever before because I feel on fire with ideas of stuff I want to share with you guys. And I'm just so freaking excited to get going. Several episodes of season nine are already recorded and I am super excited to get back in action with a solo episode to kick us off today. For those of you who are new here, Welcome. (laughs) Welcome. I'm so excited you found me. If this is your first time, my name is Sam Valentine. I am an actress based in Los Angeles. I've been in the business over 10 years, and uh, I sometimes know what I'm doing, and I sometimes don't. I have a lot of questions. I have an incredibly curious personality, and I try to bring on guests and record solo episodes here that benefit all working actors at all levels. I also teach workshops occasionally, like the Working Actor Workshop coming up in March, where I share what it takes th- via finances, reps, branding and marketing, living in Los Angeles, having a life outside of acting, all of the things it takes to actually be a working actor. If you are interested in more about me, all of my links are in the bio, including the Instagram, the email list, the Patreon and the workshops. They are all located there if you want to know more. And uh, I also like rescue dogs and long walks on the beach and about 17 cups of tea a day. So hi, nice to meet you. Welcome to the team. (laughs) If you guys ever want to send me a question or have something specifically for me, the number one best way to get a hold of me is via the Patreon, just so you know. Um, The second best way to get a hold of me is via email. And then lastly would be DMs. I'm not as good about checking DMs as I was previously because the amount of people who have found One Broke Actress in the past year has been astronomically awesome, but it also changes how I'm able to interact with people. So if you really, really, really want to get something to me, the best place to do it is through the Patreon. So let's get started on today's episode. I am stealing this directly from my friend Ashley Pollard. She runs the Daily Hype podcast. She runs the future podcast called Unfiltered Entrepreneur. She she is all business all the time. And so I stole this from her because I thought this was such a brilliant idea for an actor podcast episode. Today we are going to go over what I did well and poorly in 2021. Now listen, not all of you are in the same situation I am. Some of you are above me in your careers. You have more bookings, more experiences. Some of you might have just been started. Some of you might be a step behind me. We're all at different places. But I think when you share things like this, you could learn from other people's mistakes and you could steal things that worked really well for them and make them goals for yourselves. Everything I'm going to give to you today follows my standard a la carte practices of advice. Take what serves you, leave what doesn't, and please don't judge the rest. I get really very vulnerable in these episodes and I share real stuff that has to do with me and things that I'm really proud of and things that I'm not so proud of. And either way, I want it to benefit you in the best way possible. And if it doesn't benefit you, I'll want you to fast forward 30 seconds, right? That skip button's there for a reason. So take what serves you, leave what doesn't. Don't judge the rest. Here we go. What I did poorly in 2021. <laughs> a manifest by Sam Valentine. Okay, the first thing here is meeting and communicating with old and new casting directors. I did not do a good job of this in 2021. A lot of you might see that I talk to people in the business all the time on Instagram, which is great, but I don't necessarily talk to them outside of that platform. I watch shows that are cast by people that I've auditioned for several times, and I forget to shoot them an email saying, oh, I loved that show. This is the kind of valuable interaction where it has nothing to do with me, that I just want to share a message with them about their work that I could easily, easily incorporate into the next year. I did not do a great job with this last year. It's the first thing on my list because it's the first thing that came to mind. Out of all the auditions last year, uh, several of them were repeats. And I would like to send those casting directors a, a little thank you email or a hello or I saw your latest project or something like that. I am not one who is really into newsletters. They don't serve me. I did them previously in my career. If it's something that serves you and keeps you on your game, fuck yeah, continue. If it doesn't serve you like it does me, then find other ways to go about this measure. So that is something I definitely, definitely want to work on in the next year, especially casting directors I have not met yet, especially because we live in an era where I don't meet anyone in person anymore. This is the beginning of January when I'm recording this. This is Omicron, XOXO, Omicron, right? We are deep, deep in it. And I would like to reach new relationships in the ways that I know how. So that is the first thing that is on the list of things I did poorly in 2021. Next, taking time to watch the content I did not book. I have yet to start this process for this past year. What I mean by that is those of you who keep audition trackers, and if you don't, make sure that you're checking my content because I just did a bunch, of bunch of stuff on this on Instagram and on the email list and in the Patreon. I keep a very, very precise running list of all the stuff I've auditioned for. I need to set time aside to go back and watch the things that have aired that I auditioned for and did not get. Now, some of the roles are going to be written out some of the names are going to be changed. Sometimes, guys, it's a girl named Christina, and then by the time it makes it to air, it's a guy named Christopher. This is just the process that we live in. So there's some of these that I'm not going to be able to find, but this is a little hot tip for you. On your audition tracker, if you are able to write down the episode number, if you audition for a series, that is really, really helpful. So that way you don't have to scour an entire show to find the role that you auditioned for. I... I'm setting aside time in my calendar in the next, in February. February is when I'm going to sit down and really do this work because I'm going to be house setting for a friend. I'm going to have the TV all to myself and it makes the perfect time to watch very sporadic episodes of a TV show. Caleb fucking hates this. He hates to watch a one-off episode in the middle of a series. He can't stand this practice. So it's something I absolutely have to do on my own. So I'm setting time aside. There is a week in February where I'm going to go back, find as much content as possible that I auditioned for last year, and watch it. Now, a bunch of it is not going to be out yet. That is an easy way to narrow down this list. A bunch of stuff I filmed last year is still not out yet, and it's been six, eight months. This is just like the ball game we play, right, So I'm going to have to selectively find the stuff that is out and watch that so that is a project that I need to do and something I need to set more time aside for because I am ninety nine to a hundred percent sure that I did not do this for my auditions from twenty twenty granted, I had very few auditions from twenty twenty but the place that I could really up this game, and now that I'm thinking about it and saying it out loud, it makes more sense, is going to iSpot and trying to find the commercials I auditioned for too. I think that is key. Ooh, now that I'm saying that, that's a genius idea. So adding those commercials to that list, that's a really, really good way to try and find some content and to learn, right? Is this totally out of my ballpark and this audition was like nowhere near under my control? Awesome. Awesome oh, did that person just bring a little more lightness and happiness to the page versus like what I did? Great, noted. Does this mean I need to change my audition to match theirs? No, it means I just mentally clock it. And so if this happens over and over again, I can take a true mental note, right? We are just deciphering data and finding patterns. These are the little ways that we can take these things, put them in our pocket and make it less about us and take things less personally. So that is something... I shall be paying attention to do because I did it poorly in 2021. This next item, number three, is something that I have been working on for a long time and I nailed it occasionally, but on the whole, I made other people's priorities my own. So the overarching theme of this third item is to slow down in general when I get email. And especially when I get auditions, I get so excited, as do so many of you, when I get an audition email and I'm instantly off to the races. Okay, great. When am I going to film this? And I have a very specific process that I go through in terms of what I need to do when I do get an audition, but I speed read that motherfucker. I speed through it as much as I possibly can sometimes, and it would behoove me to slow down and take in all of the context clues I'm getting more in the story, in the email, in the breakdown, right? Instead of just checking it off a list. It's like listening to an audiobook while you drive to somewhere you don't know. Are you truly listening or did you have to rewind that same part five times, right? Your brain can only do one thing at a time. It doesn't actually multitask. It switches back and forth between tasks. This is a fascinating phenomenon. I suggest you learn more about it. But this is something I need to work on. Not just with audition emails though. Because of audition emails coming in, I tend to check my email more often and I feel like a lot of you guys do too. And when I check my email more often, I feel as though I need to respond to the new emails that are coming in. I'm an inbox zero kind of bitch and I like to keep it really, really empty in there. I like to keep as few emails as possible. I use the snooze buttons. I use all of those things. There's a Post on One Broke Actress that I will link in this bio. It's all of the Gmail tools I use to keep at Inbox Zero, but I get reactive. So when someone sends a quick one off email, I feel the need to send a quick one off email back instead of taking a moment, pondering what I actually need to say, and emailing back when the time is appropriate for me, because this tends to take me out of the work that I'm already doing. So if I'm reading a script, and I check my email, which I shouldn't be doing in the first place because I don't have any notifications. It's just like my thumb just goes there on my phone. When I do that and I see an email, I need to then close it and go back to the script because if I just reply, my brain is then switching into that mode. I can be reactive. I might say things that aren't true or I might not double check my calendar before I agree to something. I missed a meeting last year. I missed a full podcast recording, which is something I've never done in my whole life because I was moving at such a quick speed to get things done because emails were coming into my inbox at such an increased speed. As One Broke Actress grows, as my career grows, emails need to be treated as emails and phone calls to be treated as phone calls. Phone calls to me are the true number one, I will drop something for that, which is awesome because that new phone mode where you can set it to like work focus and I can have just my agents and my husband and then my parents, for example, their calls will come in during that time period because to me, those are urgent, whereas everything else will get set aside. So in just in terms of approaching emails, whether they be about my career or in general, I need to slow down and answer them when I can appropriately give them the right amount of time. Same with audition emails. Yes, they get priority. They get top priority, but that doesn't mean that I need to... Speed up my process to get to them, right? As soon as I confirm the email, I am then on my own schedule until I turn my audition in. And I need to own that timeline and craft it to give myself space to breathe, to take it all in, to read everything I possibly can. Not obsessively, right? If it's a co star, there's only so much we can do with one line, but to take my time. So, That is number three. And number four, the last thing I have down on my list of things I did poorly in 2021 is getting caught up in image overacting in auditions. This is a very hard thing to admit to, but here we go. Sometimes, oftentimes, when I get an audition, I will look at it. I will see the character type. And she is denoted as pretty or beautiful or some, any sort of adjective that is a flattering word. And I think I have to be Miss fucking America during that audition. Sometimes it is to a detriment to the character I am playing. I will get caught up in the way I look and spend less time working on the scene and more time working on my image. It frustrates me to no end because I can think of a couple auditions where I got so annoyed that I didn't think I looked good on camera that day and I absolutely let it affect the character and it drives me bonkers just to think about that because I wish I could get my hands on that material again and go for it a second time. Could I self-tape that on my own? Yes, but am I just upset that I turned in a tape where I wasn't in a great headspace because of the way I looked and not the way I was working? Yes, it upsets me. This is not something that I can write a to-do list item and check off. This is something I have to slowly work on in terms of myself, hi therapy, and my image and how much strength I give it in my career. I sometimes give it too much. Letting go of the way I look on camera when I have already done the work to look in to look as much as possible as the character is my ultimate goal yes when a character is listed in such a way and she is like a 70s beauty queen sure yes that matters if the character is listed in such a way where she's like this bookworm barista whatever sure yes figure out what you're gonna wear have go-to outfits feel like you know how you look on camera and feel like you know how to light yourself and frame yourself and all of those things and then once I get in front of the camera you guys I have to let it go I have to let it go. I get caught up in it and then I go to rewatch my tapes and I get self-critical and I can miss out on really beautiful acting moments because I don't like the way I look or because something was off. I got to let it go. It's something I'm going to work on this year and it's something I need to face my fears of. I don't need to convince anyone of how I look is right for the job. I need to convince them that I am really good at my work. And it's a fine line that I tow, <laughs> but I put in all of the work on the back end to take care of myself. I prioritize sleep. I take care of myself in the ways that I see myself as healthy. I have my flattering clothes. I have my clothes that aren't so flattering for characters that don't need it to be like that. I take care of my skin and my whatever. So I need to rest in the fact that that work exists And I can then do better acting work because I'm not nitpicking myself on camera. And then I'm actually physically in the scene. It's a lifelong goal I have. It's going to be a process. It's not something I'm just going to fix this year. But that is a big, big one for 2022. Okay, that was all my poorly. Do you want to get into my well? Do you want to steal my well? Let's go. I need some happy stuff. Okay, let's get into all the things I did well in 2021. This is a list in very random order, but all of these things I think are really important. I found six things I did very well in 2021. And that in and of itself is a huge deal because I have never given myself so many props in this career before. Usually I'm very good at picking myself apart, but I am not so good at critically considering the things I did well. So first things first is pat on the back to me for actually writing this down and saying it out loud because it's very scary to speak well about yourself in the public. I don't know why that is. Mm, This feels psychological and beyond me. So let's get into this list. Number one, what I did well in 2021. I did a fantastic job of tracking my auditions and keeping in communication with my reps. This is because I have practiced audition tracking before it was important. You guys saw on Instagram that I was talking about how I just got a theatrical agent in January of 2021 for the first time ever. And if I would have had the experience I had and have not been used to tracking my auditions and keeping in communication with my manager when I just had a manager or things like that. I would have probably floundered because these ideas were all new and combined with having a lot more auditions and they were a lot higher scale, right? Things things got real very quickly once I signed with an agent and I would have been unprepared had I not been treating myself already like I had the agent I wanted. So go back to the posts I did on audition tracking. I will uh, make sure to link them in the bio as well of this podcast. link them in the show notes of this podcast. But that is something that is huge. And now I can see, I can see data. I can see through lines. I can see a casting director that I thought would never speak with me again after a terrible experience in 2017, and she called me in three times this year. So I can see that I am doing things correctly, even without a booking. If I wouldn't have booked anything this year, I could still tell you that there were through lines of success just because I kept track of my auditions. It also helped informed me, did I want to uh, color my hair a little bit? Did I want to trim it? Are my headshots working? All of these things, they don't necessarily have to do with straight up bookings, but the Audition Tracker gives you that information. Also going back to what I started off with in my poorly list, this gives me people to talk to and communicate with. It also uh, shows me that I need to watch certain things back to see why I didn't book them. All of these things are important and because I kept such good records, I can now start doing them for this year. Also, keeping communication with my reps was another thing I wrote down in tandem with this because we both shared the same amount of information on me. It was incredibly, incredibly useful and I kept them abreast on all of my situations like I met so-and-so for the podcast or or I am booking out and these are dates I am leaving town. By the way, I went and got fucking married last year. I was booked out for weeks at a time and they were so clearly in the loop. They were so happy for me the whole time. So thank God for that. (laughs) I also feel as though I kept such good communication with them. I know them better as people this year. And I also know their assistance, which is huge. I strongly feel as though I'm going into this year with great, great communication and great, great people in my corner. And that in and of itself is a huge, huge victory. The second thing I did very well in 2021 was staying in my proverbial lane I, apart from the occasional slip up, which I talked about in the comparison and jealousy episode from season eight, I did a really good job of not comparing myself to other people. I am going to try to continue that this year. I think sometimes when you have a big altering event, for example, signing with your first theatrical agent, you tend to give yourself more space to catch up with everyone else. So I'm hoping I can continue this mindset this year that I am caught up, quote unquote, to exactly where I'm supposed to be and I have nothing to prove to anyone. I don't know if that guarantees me success (laughs) with this outcome, but that is something that I think was huge for me last year. I did not compare myself and it is something I have done for years and I can't tell you how much more mental space I had because I did not do that last year. Of course, there were moments. Of course, there were days where I saw people booking and thought, oh, that's like a totally a rule I went out for. That's so interesting. That is just pure data that somebody else booked it and not me. Also, fuck yeah, I'm so excited for that person who booked it, right? I love when you guys book jobs and tell me about it. I am so happy that you can securely tell me that. And I can be excited for you. It's my favorite, favorite, favorite thing. So I would like to continue that. I want to stay in my lane. I want to be proud of the people around me because that means I'm in the right rooms with the right people. And I want to continue working on just what I'm working on and sharing the up and down with you guys. So staying in my lane, 100%, super, super proud of myself. Number three, increasing my acting community even in COVID. This is such a big part of the Working Actor Workshop that I talk with you guys about. If you have taken my workshop, having a community is everything. It's everything. Obviously, you guys enjoy hearing about the acting world because you are listening to this podcast and there is nothing worse than the feeling of being alone in this job and feeling like you're the only one who feels X, Y, and Z. Brian Pataka calls this terminal uniqueness, which I think is the perfect term because it really encompasses what that feels like. If you feel like you're the only one who's not booking or you're the only one who's not getting auditions or you're the only one who can't get a rep meeting, none of that is accurate and none of that is true. And when you get in spaces where actors are talking freely, you get to learn, oh, there's not a lot casting right now or, oh, people on summer are on summer break or any number of things, right? And it just feels better to have a community to lean on. And then when you have a victory to share, they all celebrate with you. And it kills that old school sense of Hollywood fighting. It kills that jealousy. It kills the the what I was just talking about in the last one of staying in your lane. You feel so much more empowered. And Audrey helps actors, every year she does her self-tape May, she talks about how it's so cool to see the different types of actors that exist. When you get outside of yourself and you realize how many actor types there really exist and how many roles are casting for a specific type, you realize not getting auditions or not getting a booking is not about you at all all. There is just so much more to everything. There's so many more types of people and you can surround yourself with all of them and you can learn something from everyone around you. I was able to expand my community mostly through the internet. Sending emails, sending texts, keeping up with people who were previously in classes with me or friends, you know, getting us nice socially distant coffee or going for a walk. We did a lot of FaceTimes. Anything I did, I hosted several book clubs online. So that we could talk about something other than acting when there wasn't a ton of acting going on. I love, love, love those types of opportunities. And Jenna Doolittle has her newsletter that goes out with all different types of things that are going on for actors in any particular week. I highly recommend you check that out. But... That's a great place to start in terms of a free community. There's tons of Facebook groups. Tony Rossi runs a great one for actors. He's based out of Chicago, but it's all about actor mindset. Amy McNabb does a great podcast about actor mindset. There are so many resources where you can expand your community and expand the people you hear from. And I cannot recommend it enough. It really changed my game last year. So I'm really proud of expanding my actor community even in COVID. Next up, I wrote down number four. Is this four? Yes, this is four. Taking liberties in my auditions and not taking it personally. I have never felt so free to do whatever I felt like fit a role. You guys, I filmed auditions where I ran through my courtyard because I didn't give a fuck. It fit the character. It fit the project. It fit the role. And it didn't harm anyone or hurt anyone in any way possible. So I did it. I did auditions on the floor this year. I did things laying sideways on a weight bench. I filmed with friends from really far away because they fit the type. I did really weird stuff where I made my friends exist and just like add a hand to an audition. I used props. I did wild shit. Did all of it work? Absolutely not. (laughs) Not even fucking close. Did some of it work? Yeah, yeah, it really did. And you know what it did? It made it fun. It really did. I had a really good time filming auditions this year. And I said earlier in this podcast that I got a system down and that helped a lot because then I can have chaos within structure. I can do a lot of crazy things with auditions now that I feel open to doing because I found my structure. And then I relinquished myself to do what was needed for the role. And then if and when I didn't book it, I didn't take it personally. I didn't instantly think, which is something I've thought in the past, the second I took liberty and then the second I didn't book it, I would say, oh, fuck, I should have just given them what I think they wanted. No. There is a billion reasons you might not get a role And I would hate if anyone thought the reason they didn't get a role was because they did something adventurous and had a good time with an audition. Now, there are general things that you need to do in auditions. Number one, you need to read your emails 1,700 times to make sure you're following the instructions exactly. Number two, you need to film horizontally. (laughs) If anyone's still filming vertically, call me. Let's talk. We can do a coffee call. But seriously, pretty much the rest of it is up to you. You need to have good sound. You need to have good lighting. People need to be able to see and hear you clearly. And then the rest is yours. And what a rad time we have to play with this, right? I've never felt so artistic in my auditions before. So take in the fact that you get to have this fun. I know it gets annoying. I know it gets to be a time suck. And I know it's frustrating to a lot of people who now have 1,700 pieces of equipment in their house. But I promise you... Taking liberties, having a good time with it, and not taking it personally changed my life this year. Okay, two more things. Two more things I did well in this year. Number five, saying no thank you to extra classes. This is a huge mistake I made in the past. I took every possible class I could possibly take, and because of that, I often learned nothing. I think when I don't give myself time to absorb new information and to put it to use, It falls right out of my head. I was offered some awesome classes this year because of One Broke Actress. People said, do you want to take this class and check it out? Do you want to be a part of my group? And a lot of them I had to say no to because I had to stay focused. I had to do exactly what I needed to do to give myself space to learn and to grow and to experiment with my auditions without getting overwhelmed by new concepts and new ideas. If you guys didn't already know, I've mentioned a couple times, I'm teacher training at Mornell Studios and I'm just observing. I am watching actors work and I promise you, I have never learned so much in my entire life. It has been eye-opening to me and my career to just sit back and watch without any concern about what I'm going to look like while I'm doing something. It's been really freeing and if you've never just spent time watching actors, I I can't, can't express enough how life-changing it has been, even if you just go online and watch a bunch of self-tapes on YouTube. It's eye-opening. It really, really is. And because I wanted to stay very, very focused, I did not take extra classes this year. Because I'm working from home, I technically have more time and space to take classes, but I didn't take my normal amount of workshops, of classes, of and director workshops, because I wanted to absorb and take in the information that was already at my fingertips and not add to it until I felt ready. I'm really proud of this. It's hard to delineate what classes you want to take and when. Trust me, it's something we also talk about in the working actor workshop is the red flags of acting classes and when you feel like you're right for something and when something no longer serves you, leaving acting classes is really really hard cuz you feel like you're losing your community. Hot tip, you're not. But it's tough. It's a tough choice. And if you need any help with that choice, tag me in. Let me know. I'm happy to help you out. But figuring out what exactly I needed and when was something I did very well for myself in 2021. And rounding out the list of things I did well in 2021, I was very good at staying present on set. The few times that I got to book last year and I got to go to set... I had such a great time and a great experience and I met people whose names I remember. I remember their dog's names. I still know some of my lines from those sets. I had such a good time and I learned something every single hour of every single day. I am so proud of myself because in the past... I have gone to sets and I have thought, oh, this is so great. What am I going to do next? How do I get back here? What do I do? And not to say those thoughts didn't happen, right? I had a recurring this season that after my first episode, I was like, please, God, please, God, I hope I, I hope I did enough so they bring me back. I hope I was enough, but not too much. Of course, those thoughts crossed my mind. But while I was working, I just thought the best thing I can do is be here to the best of my abilities. It made my acting a hell of a lot more fun. And it made it a hell of a lot more in touch and a lot better. A lot better. I wasn't trying to play, quote unquote, a working actor. And you all know exactly what I'm talking about because you've been to sets before where people put on an air of, look at me, I'm a working actor. This is what I do. Like, we fucking get it. You know, like we don't need to play at being a working actor. We are working actors. Whether or not you have been on set, you are a working actor. You don't need to prove it to anyone once you get to set. It is so much nicer to be on set with someone who is just genuinely happy to be there and is physically present on set. It changes the way people talk to you. It changes the way you talk to others. And even if it's an emotional scene and you need to have your own space, you can still do it in such a way where you are kind and you are present. This was huge. I hadn't booked in a couple of years and this year I was able to book a couple of projects and I reminded myself every time before I went to set, hey, congratulations. Go live in your dream and don't worry about What am I going to eat when I get home? Or how am I going to post about this on Instagram? Or what do I need to, uh uh-uh, nope. Put your phone down. Put your shit down. Look at people in the eye. Live in the moment. And not just on set either, but away from set. I got fucking married this year. And I felt there every single moment in my bones. I wasn't worried about what was going on in my career. I even, oh, actually, I don't think I've shared this story When I was at my wedding, I was physically days away. I got a call that they wanted me back for the show that I was shooting. And they sent me the script and it had nice juicy scenes for my character and all of this exciting stuff while I was away for my wedding. And you know what they did? They pushed filming for for my scenes till after my wedding. And they COVID tested me. They arranged COVID testing for me in the town that I was getting married in, this tiny little mountain town. And then they arranged a COVID coordinator to come to my house the day I got home from my wedding to test me there so that I could then the next day, the day after I got home from my wedding trip, they could then bring me into wardrobe and then I could shoot the following day. They made it fit for me. And the entire time I was at my wedding, I was super happy to know I was going to go home and work, but it was so beautiful because I was also able to just be in the moment and I wasn't in the moment because I knew I had a job I didn't think about what I was eating or what I was wearing or what I was drinking or anything like that I knew that I was exactly where I was supposed to be and the more I enjoyed being at my wedding and the more I enjoyed being on set thereafter and the more I took in all of these moments the deeper my emotional capacity would be and it was it really fucking was, you guys. <laughs> I, feel all, I felt every single moment of that trip. And the next three days when I went to set, I felt every single beat of every single scene so entirely. I do not think I could have done that three years ago. I don't even know if I could have done that two years ago. Well, we were in COVID. I was feeling pretty deeply. Maybe I could have. But being present in your life, on set or otherwise, is a huge victory. And if any of you did that for any period of time last year, I just want you to give yourselves a huge pat on the back because that is something you did well in 2021. Guys, thank you so much for listening to this episode. I hope you were able to take something from this. I hope that there's victories for yourself you can count. If you put on your Instagram or anywhere else online, if you put some what I did well and poorly, please feel free to tag me. I would absolutely love to see it. I highly recommend doing this in a very objective manner and taking time to be really gentle with yourself if you choose to do so. It was really eye-opening when I sat down to make this list, and I hope that being vulnerable and sharing it with you is something that you can benefit from. This is only the beginning of Season 9, by the way. We have a lot, a lot coming down the pipe from some new actors you were going to meet. You were going to meet some directors. You were going to meet agents. I have a lot in store for you guys and I am so freaking excited to take you along for the ride of 20 freaking 22. If you want more from me, like I said, you can always join the Patreon. It's $4 a month. Uh, It's chock full of content already and you get access to all of that when you join. It's also a great place for you to find community if that is something you're interested in. Also, check out the Working Actor Workshop. It is linked in the bio. If you are newer to this business or if you are coming back to it after a long time off, I would be thrilled to have you. The dates are listed for March, for June, and for October. All of the dates are already set for 2022. And one of the first classes is already, I believe, a third sold out. So go ahead and check those out. Shoot me any questions you have. And if not, you guys always know there's always free content at the email list and at the Instagram and at onebrokeactress.com. I am so glad you found me in whatever state you were in in 2022. Thank you guys so much for listening and I will talk to you next week.